What's up, everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach, and this is the A to Z Exchange. A weekly podcast where we talk about creative and cultural topics. That's right, and for everyone that is listening and not watching, we do not have a guest this week. It's just the empty sofa again. So we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna talk about contemporary stuff like movies and politics yet again. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. But no one knows what we're gonna talk about first. I'll say politics. Go I, for it. I feel like that's so heavy. I mean, what could we talk about in politics? There's so much because you have the Democratic hopefuls. A lot mm-hmm. of them have started to announce, you know, who's running in 2020. And then on top of that, you have the shutdown. Like, well, I don't... You have opinions where do you, about it. <laughs> well, so I, have, I do have opinions, but I don't know how to format those opinions. I'm not an expert. I'm just a person that reads. I don't think people expect us to be experts. No. They expect a format. Well, we're, we're kind of <laughs> I don't know. giving them one. <laughs> so, I don't know. I have, as far as my initial research, which, by the way, hasn't been extensive at the moment... I am go- uh, going to say that it's going to be, as far as the Democratic candidates, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, or the one guy, Pete. Pete Boot, Boot Edge. I have no idea how to say his last name. If you know how to pronounce it, please let us know. Yeah, upload a video of you saying Pete's last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or him. I'm kind of going for him Pete, so upload far. your own video of yourself he saying seems your like last he name. Seems, I mean, he's young, so he gets like the younger generation and so far from what I have read he seems like he's a little bit more out of the politics a little bit but I mean I don't know well in terms of like his service politically he's only been a mayor and he's been a mayor for I guess he's on a second term and of course I think he served in Afghanistan as well I may have the country wrong but he did serve like a seven-month tour which is cool but he hasn't been a senator or a congressman or, you know, anything like that, or like mm-hmm. a big-name attorney. So usually those are the people that are most successful as, yeah. pres- as presidents. So I don't know how, how well, well he's going to last. Well, I don't know last. about that, given the current situation. But uh, I mean, that's that's <laughs> moderately true. Since basically... What, what tradition would say? Stuff is going on right now that's basically a reality show. I'm like, this isn't a reality show. This is a damn country, so... Yeah, this is intense. She, <laughs> she officially revoked his privilege to speak at the State of Union, and he accepted it. Oh. On like Wednesday, I think. So, that's not happening. He's probably he, just gonna fire her now. He's not. He's not speaking. I. I just. He can't fire her. She was elected, and then elected again as as Speaker of the House. Like mm-hmm. he's not gonna. He can't get rid of her. Mm-hmm. So. He's about I don't know. to get sued by everybody in Texas and. He is. Arizona. Over the land and everything. All, what's the other states? New Mexico. Is, is there Arizona any? or Arkansas? It's definitely not it's Arkansas. Arizona. It's definitely not Ar- it's Arkansas. Arkansas is pretty landlocked. It's New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, and is that it? I'm not sure about New Mexico if they have that little little corner down there that's on the border. Maybe. I mean, there's Baja California, like that's technically on the border. I wonder if that would be like included in a border wall if he would, if he would like block off like Baja California. Uh huh. I mean, I'm assuming that it's he wants it to go along the whole border. That one's just kind of out there. I don't know what his specific plan is i know he's nobody like, knows what the plan he's is like, that's why we have the shutdown <laughs> he's upped his ante of uh now he's talking about he's gonna national take emergency. land through eminent domain from people and like yeah he like, how is this guy still the president i don't think that's gonna go through <laughs> i think if he really pushes that too hard people are gonna start talking impeachment especially in the house like i think like well, ocasio cortez 
she's going to push pretty hard. I mean, there's a lot of, of sort of lefties that got voted in in 2018. So I don't know what he's going to do. I think this whole thing is going to probably lead to impeachment. I think if he continues to use 800,000 federal workers as leverage uh -huh. during tax season. And which he's talking about however much money it's going to cost to build the thing. <laughs> yeah, know. which won't happen because if, if he does get the $5.7 billion, which may happen from the Democrats. The Democrats seem like they may cave on it just to get something open, even though the last two bills uh, like didn't pass in the Senate yesterday. You know, they both yeah. got voted down. Yeah. So... But if the Democrats do cave on that five point seven billion and wrap it up in a different you know, a different term to make it not look like it's the wall, but also like sort of satiate Trump, it's still gonna be a decades long project. So I don't see it getting done because no one really wants it done. No. And if he's out of office in two years, which I really hope he will be, who's gonna follow through on building a wall? <laughs> Nobody. So I don't understand <laughs> It's not okay. Of the issues that there are, I, I get people's frustration, or not frustration, but like, um, uh, what's the word? Not, not afraid, but like intimidated or something like that by immigrants coming, you know, I get it. I understand their motives as to why they would want there to be harder um, restrictions. restrictions, but come oh, a wall, it's like. Yeah. Britain, I mean not Britain, Germany or China, like. Yo, China's getting crazy. Since we're conversational, we can talk about this. Did you see where China is in in one of the? I don't know how big the town is, but in a town in China, they start they've released an app in like beta mode or something, and it tells, it gives you like it takes your GPS coordinates, and then everyone around you's GPS coordinates. And then somehow pairs that up with like the public profiles they're creating over there and their police state China and they're uh, they're displaying people's debt. Publicly. Oh, I've heard about this. Did you see that? I haven't, but they're like trying to uh, score people or something. Well, yeah, on. this is going to be used within that. Yes. Yeah. Like the incentive is that there's if, an episode of Black Mirror about this. Well, it's really it's <laughs> really similar. Yeah, it's it's it definitely brings that up in the discussion. But the idea is that they would see people who are in debt and the people that are more in debt than other people and then they would report them mm -hmm. somehow or report their location and then they would get, you know, basically like personality points from the state, like a good person, good good caring yeah. hands. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, I already have issues with their kids, but insane. With their kids? Yeah, they can't have uh Oh, you mean their their child policy. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like you had a problem with all Chinese kids. And no, I'm like, no. that's pretty awful to say. Well, they can only have like two, right? One of each or uh, something? I don't know is how. Is that still a thing? It, I don't know if it still is. It used to be a thing because yeah. they could only have like one girl mm -hmm. or something like that. So there was like mass abortions. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know the details. I would drown treading those waters. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But anyways... In terms of what's happening over here, we have all these Democratic definitely hopefuls. definitely is an episode of Black Mirror about that's like that, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I think that was season three. But over here, so you you saw thought the front runner, front runners would be Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg. Mm -hmm. What is your reasoning for each of those three? I mean, well, just from my initial research, which, again, hasn't been extensive. Um, 
I mean, the main politic points and like group-wise, I feel like they would hit the margins, the groups. I really hope that's <laughs> not like that doesn't become the topic. But you know, like I really hope we're voting for them on their issues, well, and not yes, just if they like. Like I said, initial research. Yeah. Not extensive. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I just hope that doesn't become the argument. <laughs> yeah. Because there was. There, I mean, there I was someone running in Michigan Kirsten on that. Kirsten Gillibrand, she seems to be too flippy floppy on her views. And a, from a couple of clips I've seen repetitive on a story as to why she changed her mind. Like, she's kind of using the same kind of story amongst the issues she's changed her mind on. So what, what was that issue? I haven't done uh, much research in her. Immigration her. was one that I saw, and gun laws was one that I saw. She flip-flopped on gun laws? Yeah. Like, did she go from, like, pro-gun to anti-gun, or vice versa? I don't think she's gone, like, completely anti-gun, but she had, like, a... Uh, just in terms of direction. Yeah, like, a high rating on the NRA, from the NRA, and now she has, like, an F rating from the NRA, <laughs> which, again, I don't know what that... I don't really understand that, because I don't know about... That means she needs to go to NRA summer school. Well... That's exactly what that means. Yeah, so... But she, like... In a couple of the clips I've seen, she uses the same kind of story. Apparently, she just goes to Brooklyn and changes her mind when she goes to Brooklyn. <laughs> so that's it. She just goes to that's Brooklyn and changes her mind. Both of the clips that I saw for both of the issues, she uses. She went to Brooklyn and met with somebody, and then she changed her mind. <laughs> that's a very interesting. Like, <laughs> so, okay. Well, apparently, Brooklyn is where you go to change your mind on things. <laughs> but she's not the Democratic hopeful who supported. Gay conversion therapy, right? No, that was, from what I understand, Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard of of Hawaii. Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was a veteran, too, right? From what I understand? I think so. She's like a Hindu veteran. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's an interesting... I don't know. I need to look more into, like, the secondary candidates. She released, like, an apology video. um, Gabbard did? Yeah, against her issues with LGBT... Q people, uh, community and the conversion therapy, but it seemed like desperate. <laughs> I'll need to watch that then. <laughs> There's just so many people. I mean, like, what's like, we're so early in the phase right now of the 2020 election. I mean, we just mm-hmm. started 2019 after all. Like, it's two years yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but you much. have to start early to, like. I agree, but it's two years before, you know, any of these people are even, like, inaugurated if they win. So. We're still well, pretty early on. Technically, it's three years because they wouldn't be inaugurated until 2021. It's 2019. Okay, you're two years. It's, anyway. it's like I. It's still early. <laughs> so. The matcha hasn't kicked in. Yet. I always do the math before I make mathematical platitudes. Um, but there's so many people. I mean, you have Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, all talking. Mm. You have Bernie talking again. You have Biden talking Cory again. Cory Booker probably. If he P- announces, he would, I Bookie. think he would be a front runner. Maybe I would like to see him. You have John Hickenlooper as John Hickenlooper or whatever his name is from Colorado. He was mm-hmm. a governor. He's in talking. Then you have Gillibrand. Then you have um, there was a governor of Maryland that said something, but he was more centrist, so I don't think he'll do too well. I feel like the country kind of wants more of a progressive politician right now. Yeah. But I may be wrong about that. I feel like they want like a progressive firebrand, which would be Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris probably Uh to get the nomination. Yes, I definitely think if they want to um, get more people involved in the younger crowd, 
definitely need to go more progressive <laughs> instead of continuing to take things 50 years behind. Yeah, or that being like the even though 50 years ago we had like a 70% top marginal tax, you know, and we were taxing the rich and like yeah, things were different. Yeah, but women also couldn't get credit card. Or... I know, but it's like economically <laughs> economically we were more left and then socially we were more conservative. So it's like in in one essence when you say like let's just send our country 50 years back, which is I would assume that sounds vaguely familiar to a Trump argument, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how you're you're using it sarcastically. Yeah. But like in one way, like there are, there's like this economic left that I think sees that, and then it is enticing because it, we were more, a little more power to the people in terms of economic monetary policy back there in certain regards, even though socially, like, you know, it's not a place we need to go back to. So, just that statement of like, let's go 50 years behind, like it's almost meaningless to me because yeah. it's both good and bad. It's both, it's so loaded. But I don't know. I don't I'm know what's going to happen. I'm not saying let's go 50 years. No, I know you I'm weren't. I'm just saying that it. That's it, their argument. It's kind of from the Trump crowd getting that because I feel like I mean there's a lot of things that's been coming out in recent years, historically wise, about that time period, like the 60s and 70s and social change, and you watch that stuff and it you can see how it's still relatable to us now with the current politics, and like current situations, and it's freaking scary, like. It's been that long and people haven't changed. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of their arguments have, like, become less direct. Can we not just be nice to each other? Like, I don't get it. Well, in my opinion, <laughs> as, like, someone who tries to look at certain things, like, optimistically, I think a lot of the, because I would assume you're referencing, like, sexism and racism and, and just open misogyny and things mm-hmm. like that. I think a lot of that stuff has, has sort of... Gender politics. D- gender politics is... I think it might be getting worse really badly from both sides because even when we talk about candidates, we have it on this show, like, of course. But I see people talking, you know, they're more concerned that a candidate is a white guy sometimes or more concerned that a candidate is a woman or more concerned that a candidate is gay or Muslim or anything, more so than the actual issues. They yeah. just pretend. Yeah, they do. That it, and it's, it's really bad because if you pretend that a gay man represents every other gay person just because they're gay... No, like you're acting like there's no diversity of thought amongst that group. And in one aspect, just because of sort of social media and the way we have to communicate using SEO and buzzwords and mm-hmm. and loaded words and things like that and shorthand it for Twitter, like we're emphasizing those ideals while ignoring the policy of it. And it's, I don't know, that, that really worries me in the current state of things. Yeah. So I just, you know, I don't know. Everything's stressful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is kind of why I'm out of the loop on it because I watch it and I try to get caught up and it makes me so mad I just can't do it anymore. Some of it doesn't. I have problems with anxiety and it just spikes hardcore. <laughs> I'm addicted to that political anxiety though. I think I enjoy it because if there's more anxiety, hopefully change is happening. Hopefully things are jumbled up and I think something's happening. I mean, today Roger Stone got indicted. He got indicted this morning. It's a 24-page indictment. Um, I've read through half of it because, of course, we had to come film the show. But it's fairly detailed in terms of his corroboration with with uh, his middleman and their Guccifer 2.0 and WikiLeaks and how that those documents, you know, how it all sort of the uh, Trump and Guccifer and WikiLeaks and potentially the Russians all collaborated loosely to help elect him in 2016. And if 
that comes to light. So and where's Julian Assange in all this? That's he's WikiLeaks. I mean, they the way it looks like it looks like the Russians or a specific organization within the Russians called the Internet Agency hacked the DNC and the emails and then got those through a back channel to WikiLeaks and they made it look like it was not coming from the Russians. So maybe WikiLeaks didn't know it was coming from the Russians, but it looks like the Russians stole that information, got it to WikiLeaks. Now, then through Roger Stone and another intermediary of Roger Stone, he got in contact with WikiLeaks and was able to know when these documents were going to be released and was sort of like collaborating with them during this process. Mm -hmm. And then he has a direct tie with Manafort and the Trump campaign. And then uh, with the new indictment, key members of the Trump campaign, Trump is not named himself, uh, were encouraging Roger Stone to get these documents, learn more about these documents before they were officially sort of like leaked online at the end of July and the end, in the end of October before the election. So it's a big ball of hot mess. I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't know if there's going to be actual indictments to the Trump family or the Trump uh -huh. like organization going forward, but you know, there's there's a lot of smoke, so well, it's going to only heat up, I think. Knowing what I do know about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange, I don't think that he would purposely do that to try to rig the election. Why? Because that's, I mean, WikiLeaks, as far as I know, was made to so people could have open-sourced information about what's really happening and make better decisions. So that involves stealing someone's personal emails and releasing those? <clears throat> no, what I'm saying is I don't think that he would do that 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 they would do that like take it knowing that I think they would I don't know I mean that's their whole business model is releasing documents like that so you know he can release them for any country at, yeah, any, at any point he sees fit the, what's in them it's mostly it was emails and, and no I know but what's in the emails that's bad and like negatory towards the Hillary like campaign mm-hmm I don't think there's there there's that much personally, but I would be pretty upset if someone stole my private emails in general. Well, yeah. Before a hostile government did it. That's mm -hmm. pretty pretty harsh. So that if that's happening and he received those emails and released them, and then the timing of the release was it, like it it impacted the election for sure. They released them right like two weeks before the election, the major trove of them. And if you remember when that happened, although nothing really came truly about this the main discussion that was going on with those emails was things like pedophile rings running out of pizza joints that the obamas were connected you know like yeah. that's what it kind of turned pizza into pizza gate <laughs> you know and it's like that's that's the problem it was a big distraction nothing happened out of it did they convict hillary on anything no now i'm sure there's a crowd that they're still trying to lock her up but the damage it did to the election is definitely a component that helped elect President Trump. So, well, it could have definitely. I mean, it definitely seems like it was a component that helped him win, but it doesn't of them, necessarily yeah. mean they were rigging the election. <laughs> well, there's that, and then the Russians were still trying to hack ballot boxes, and then they were okay. Well, that they, would definitely be rigging. They the were election. doing that. They were <laughs> they were publishing the internet company, the the place that stole these documents and gave them to WikiLeaks, who took them and released them as a pawn for the internet agency or the internet company, whichever it's called. Mm -hmm. So they, they stole these documents for doing this. They were attempting to rig election booths, which as far as I know, never actually worked. And then at the same time, they were posting information on Facebook, using social media to manipulate opinion to cause chaos, and Trump was the chaos candidate. 
Yeah. It, it broke it down and made it tribal. Like, and WikiLeaks was a pawn in their system. Like, so did he it get played? But like did it's... he get played by the Russians, or was he working with and actively for the Russians? And I think that's that's the argument that WikiLeaks has. Yeah. But in terms of the effect of what they did, mm-hmm. it definitely aided in Trump win the election. So how, the equation of how we got there, I'm not sure. But well, it, what it just did. kind of to me seems like you know how you when you're doing an election or anything. Those ads they run on TV where it's, this person did da-da-da-da-da thing. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that on a mega scale. Well, it's on a mega scale. I don't really per se see that as them rigging the election. So it's on a, A, it's on a (laughs) mega scale. The main thing with that is the amount of people that they were able to influence their mind on this was staggering. Far more than TV ads. You have to also think. Well, yes, but that's because you have to think about how many people don't thoroughly research something before they make a decision. Yeah. Take this thing that happened last weekend with the kids in Kentucky. I mean, everybody was on the Internet bashing that kid, and then Monday came around and everybody was apologizing. Like. Yeah, it was, I mean, that was a definitely a dramatic swing of events. But when you have this, that same thing is stirred up and goes on for months and months and months at the behest of a Russian organization with only goal is to cause turmoil and let, make less people vote and and pull trust out of sort of like uh, the public sphere. We didn't want, they didn't want us to trust the government. And that those voters ultimately didn't vote for Hillary because they didn't trust her so much or they didn't move on to vote for Trump. And that was their goal and it worked. It really worked. And then when you look at all the details that's going on about the Moscow like hotel and, and how many plans were drafted up over that, he was actively campaigning with Putin to get that hotel made during the election. And in terms of, there's, is there collateral with Putin over Trump? We don't know, but you know, of course those, that has been whisperings for a while now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it sure seems like there was collusion. But in terms of like the Facebook thing, not on the political ads and specifically, when you watch a political ad on TV, they're required to say certain things about who paid for it, where it was made, yeah. why it was made. That's not required online. You can't do that if it's a meme account. It's not considered a political ad, but they're parading around like political ads mm-hmm. without any of that sense of regulation. Yeah. And, yeah, mis- misinformation on Facebook did a ton of damage during this last campaign. And, quite frankly, Russia was in charge of a lot of that, and Trump benefited from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what then Kushner's family did with micro-targeting only encouraged it even more. I'm sure if the Russians had the data that could micro-target those fake ads and things, they would have used it. So if there's any corroboration there, it's particularly damaging to Trump. So I don't know. I have mm-hmm. a pretty hard line on it. I'm pretty upset about it. Well, yeah, I understand why it would be upsetting. But see, the thing is, is what I'm, the whole time we're talking about this and you're sitting here explaining all this, what I'm thinking in my head is, is there's no way we can go further into the future without social media or like the internet. Obviously, nobody wants to go back to not having the internet. Um, but as far as people, like, they're using that information to manipulate people into doing something is basically what you're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. So the whole thing to me, as I say about most issues, is it comes back down to educating people on how to use their mind and think and research and figure something out, what's true and what's false, instead of everybody going around Twitter talking about fake news. I, like, I agree that's a particular solution i agree that that's a band-aid 
But there's still an open wound, and if someone's trying to manipulate us and manipulate our elections, that's the attack. And putting a Band-Aid on it, yeah, it can help. I wasn't necessarily manipulated by that stuff during the election, but a lot of people were. And a lot of people, it, it's, you know, we're not going to be able to re-educate them, you know? Like, just but unfortunately. we can educate people who are The younger, now. <laughs> the people that are growing up, yes, we can, but... Not the older generations who are still occupying a huge part of the voting block. It's an open wound that is easy to manipulate. So I'm, I don't know. I just feel like we got we to gotta stand up for that. And if America's doing it in other elections across the globe, you know what? We need to, we need to learn about that too. We need to know if we're doing that and if we are being like hypocritical sort of like on a security standpoint. But uh, if, if that's what happens, I'm pretty grumpy about it. That's treason. Yeah. So that's yeah. a big word. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens? I'm gonna. Anyways. Hopefully, he'll be impeached this year. I don't know. <laughs> you guys, let us know what you think. On Zach's segment of I'm angry about politics, as he is pretty much every day about <laughs> <laughs> politics. You let us know what you think. Yes, and we didn't even get to talk about Hickenlooper or Booker or anything. No. Anyways, well, just from my initial research of that, those three people I said I think are gonna be the front runners of yeah and a lot can change i mean we could have someone else like beto o'rourke could run oh yeah and siphon a ton of votes his way Mm -hmm. you know he's a little more centrist than a lot of democrats want in terms of like his oil lobby money and you know the pack money Mm -hmm. so that's worrisome um and i think who else was in, in that camp too booker may be in that camp but booker's main camp right now seems to be uh legalizing weed that's going to take a lot of votes yeah well if he pushes for it because how many states already are doing it (laughs) 10 10 10 or 11 in dc they're all basically the west coast the entire west coast let me see i wonder if i can listen okay if dc if it's legal in dc what's the problem (laughs) dc's it's weird in dc though so like (laughs) for instance if you're in washington california oregon colorado alaska hawaii uh no, I'm not sure where Maine is. Massachusetts, for Maine, sure. Maine, New England. New, New England's getting more of it, but they're all kind of, <laughs> a lot of them are kind of like in middle territory right now. They haven't fully, like, implemented all of the policies and legalities. Mm-hmm. Like, where Massachusetts has. It's, you can buy it today in Massachusetts. But in D.C., you can't legally purchase it in D.C. You have to be gifted it. So you can go into, like I say, a t-shirt shop and pay $60 for, for, a, t-shirt. for a t-shirt, and then they'll gift you, say, a free three and a half grams of cannabis now how is that that doesn't help anybody it's a gift but they don't have the they don't have the the yeah, legal but, code set up to sell it yeah but if it's they're gifting it to you it's a speakeasy yeah then <laughs> nobody's getting tax revenue for it so what does that help anybody um i wonder how that would work because you'd be you'd <laughs> probably just be taxed on the t-shirt at that point wouldn't you or it could be taxed as a charitable donation which wow would be like a big write-off for that company that's a good. That's a good question. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how that like affects it, because they're pulling in a ton of money in Colorado right now for roads oh, and yeah. schools. I mean, there's tourism dedicated to it now, but there are also a lot of Colorado residents that are unhappy with it as well because Denver smells like. Well, when smoke I went now. to Boulder, like I didn't really get to go to Denver when I was there, but when I was in Boulder, it wasn't. A, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't an issue. Yeah, there was only like one time where I was out where it was like rel- like. Pre- uh, what's the word? Just like in, like there. around that yeah. area, you know. 
Well, there are, there are you know people out there that, that don't appreciate it, don't like smoke in general, whether it's cigarette or cannabis, mm. and they, you know, if people are puffing it outside, like all like everywhere, you know what I mean? It's gonna kind of contribute just a little bit to the overall smell. So, I know people are concerned with that. And then when they first legalized it, I'm not sure where where this stands now, but. Uh, homeless people from across the country were fleeing to Colorado to try to get in the game to like open a dispensary and stuff on yeah. completely uh, just on a whim they would just hitchhike across this, the country and go over there so they had a huge huge flux in the, the homeless population that, that came from the east coast looking to get in the cannabis game that ultimately couldn't <laughs> you know what I mean and then on top of that you, you did have illegal crime you know, sort of like black market people like coming into the state now to get that stuff to the East Coast to sell to their mm-hmm. to sell to their buyers because the black market still exists in this part of the country, you yeah. know. So it's not perfect, but I think if we had like a nationwide legalization effort and we could get like good policies in place and make sure the money like that we were taxing off cannabis sales was going to where it needed to go, like schools and roads and things like that and infrastructure because we need money there like you know i think it would largely be helpful bring that to nashville so we can finally get some public transit out here yeah we we shot ourselves in the foot with that one didn't we yeah people because people are stupid (laughs) he was close though isn't it like a 51 to 49 well yes so the thing that i have about that is i'm 100 percent all for the metro system like chicago has like I went to Chicago, and it was the best thing in the world. <laughs> New York. New York is fantastic. Well, I'm not as... I mean, I, I've been to New York, but it's been a minute. Oh, it's so smooth. But, like, literally the train lines in Chicago go from, like, up and down through the city, and you get off at the stops. They even go out to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So, in Nashville, the way it is with, like, the outside areas, it's not really extremely far outside the city. So, I, it, in my opinion, wouldn't be that difficult to put... A system in where you could run a train into the well, suburban take, areas. It would take ten to fifteen years. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to buy a lot of land. It's it would be a massive undertaking, but it's necessary. It definitely is necessary, you know? especially for the growth rate that we have out here. Mm-hmm. But the thing that most people were were like against, I guess, and I kind of was like, this is pointless. Was the subway line they were trying to build under Fifth Avenue? That was. I feel like pointless. Like we didn't really. Why do we? We don't need that. <laughs> people, people around sort of in my neighborhood, which is kind of like in East Nashville area. It's close to Madison, East Nashville, mm-hmm. kind of where we spend the most time. And um, they were they they weren't happy with it either. They were going to build a line up Gallatin Road, running north into Madison, and they were going to put a big hub there. And I think they were going to put another hub out in Mount Juliet or Hermitage or out out east like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know how they felt about it up there, but a lot of people in that local community that were pretty pretty upset about it, it seems. I don't really know why in that community, but then I would go in other communities. Well, and they I can go sit in, in traffic on 440 for an hour to go five miles. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Um, it's not as bad as, like, L.A. has it, but it's not. It's definitely not improving. No. So they need to find solutions. Come on, Nashville. Yeah, we need we need some infrastructure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Anyways, Eventually, we've been be dead by then. We've been rambling for politics a while. Do you want to briefly talk about the Oscars before we sign off for this week? Yeah, well, since you can briefly, more than I you can. can go into the details about the politics. I go into the details about this. <laughs> well, 
which one you want to talk about first. You go for it. I haven't seen the majority of the movies, just like I said two weeks ago, so Where's I couldn't offer a good opinion. Oh, best goes. picture. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, <laughs> okay, and so Vice. Roma's not supposed to be on here, I don't think. On best picture? Because it's best foreign film. I don't think it's supposed to be on Best Picture. I'm pretty sure it's not. It's not Best Picture. It's just foreign film. He's saying there's a typo on the printout from the official ABC Oscars no, this 2019 is not ballot. From the official. Oh, this is from ABC's version. Yeah. It looks pretty official. Os or, I don't. They're on ABC. I'm not sure. This is official. I thought that I saw it where it was just foreign language, but maybe I didn't see that. But anyways, so the only ones listed on here that I haven't seen are. The favorite green book in Roma. Those are the three I haven't seen. Well, Roma's on Netflix. Roma so that should be an easy apparently fix. is getting a lot of buzz. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the favorite because I'm not really a huge fan of that director. <laughs> Your Yorgos is that how you say it? Yeah, Lanthimos is his last this? name. I think it's Yagos. Yagos Lanthimos. Yeah, he's a little bit weird for my taste. I love I love his filmmaking. But. <laughs> I do like The Lobster, but Killing of a Sacred Deer, no, uh-uh, mm -mm. nope. But I feel like, in my opinion, it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody just because that's been a big hit. I mean, that movie has been killing the box office. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily what they vote on for Best Picture, though, is it? No, I don't think so, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I've... I definitely don't think it will be Vice... Cause I, I mean, that movie was funny, but it, it just wasn't really, in my opinion, best picture yeah. worthy. Well, the two I've seen, which are Black Klansman and A Star is Born, I don't know, they, those to me set a pretty high bar. Mm -hmm. They're vastly different movies, but I enjoyed both of them quite a bit. Yeah. And it looks like I'm going to enjoy The Favorite, but I've yet to see it. Mm -hmm. And then Roma looks spectacular, but once again, I yeah, is that still haven't seen it. Yeah, I feel like they'll get definitely cinematography. Has he won for cinematography before? Did he win for Gravity for cinematography? Or, mm, um, I don't think so. Children of Men, did he win Children anything for that? Children of Men, maybe. I don't think Gravity. I think Gravity got sound design or mixing. Sound editing or something. Mixing. It was pretty spectacular in the I theater. I didn't really like that movie. Did you watch it at home or in the theater? At home. That's the problem. It was a theater movie. I didn't like it. Because at home you're more worried about the story and the drama that's not there. But in the theater... I feel like it's the same way with First Man. Like, the clips in First Man where they're in space, like that, I think they, I think, my bet is for them on sound design. I think that's what they are. Sound design or editing? I like that movie. It just wasn't up to the caliber for his no, previous two. No, it wasn't two. up to the, no. He set a pretty high bar for himself, and he unfortunately didn't make it there. But yeah, I but did respect. Yeah, but that movie also wasn't written by him. Well, he didn't I, write First Man. I did not know that. But I did, I did appreciate that, that he did try something completely different. Because, mm -hmm. like, from my perspective, that I'm didn't look sure. like a Jamie and Chazelle movie. Like, so it was like he was trying an entirely different tonal thing, mm -hmm. which I always like to see from certain filmmakers because some filmmakers do kind of put themselves in a corner. Like Tarantino, you know it's a Tarantino film. Also. Um, or, like, say, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. You know, you know it is, and it's his style, and, and that's uh, respectable that he has created such... A style that's unique to himself but at the same time like to see a director take on a completely different thematic style and yeah. in terms of what Damien Chazelle did with First Man I think is 
They can, I mean, you know, deserve you, some attention. That's how you grow. So. That's how you grow. That's how you grow, guys. You make but, a, you make a space movie about family drama. Um, but yeah, I really I, I love Damien Chazelle. Obviously, La La Land. I mean, great. You saw La La Land eleven times in theaters. I saw it twice in theaters, but I've probably seen it at least once a month since it came out on DVD. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, did you see? Whiplash is just brilliant. Yeah, you haven't seen Green Book, right? No. Okay, well, I have to pivot here because Mahershala Ali is nominated for Green Book, and I have not seen Green Book, but his performance in True Detective is. Yeah, the trailer for Green Book looks like he did good. Well, I don't know, but what he's doing right now in True Detective is miraculous because Mm -hmm. he's playing on three timelines, he's playing a 35. Year old version of the character, forty five year old and a seventy year old man version, and his mannerisms and how they evolve through that character, and it's non linear, so you go back and forth all the time. Interesting. The way they, his mannerisms evolve, noticeably through the characters, is just. It's good. Uh-huh. He's he's killing it. He's gonna get. You're gonna see him getting attention next year, or whenever they nominate TV shows, he's gonna get attention for, for that performance. In Golden Gloves. Yeah, he's gonna get a ton of attention for it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Um, so you think? Who do you think is, is gonna get Best Picture? Bohemian Rhapsody. Who do you think is gonna get Best Directing? Um. You didn't see Cold War yet, did you? No. That's also a black and white movie too. So that's interesting to me to see two black, two black and, and white, white movies. movies. Yeah. Um. It's because, um, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to go with, oh, wow, you know what? I'm really. She's changing. Well, it's just kind of surprising to me that some of these movies that are best picture, the directors, like Bradley Cooper, or like even Bohemian Rhapsody, that's kind of weird. Well, I'm going direct... Spike Lee, though, for directing. You think Spike Lee will get it mm-hmm. for directing? Interesting. Well, it's a different caliber you know best picture is like about the production yeah and it's supposed to be a bigger thing and best directing is more i would say focused on like i don't set know design uh, based on scene alfonso alfonso Quran. might take it for roma but my vote probably is between spike lee and him does spike lee have a best directing no, i don't think so i think this is his first nomination for me. best directing i think that's what i saw yeah. interesting Maybe they would give him one then uh, out of the politics of the situation from mm-hmm. the whitewashing that happened a few years ago and his protest of the situation. I wonder if they'll try to just, you know, subconsciously make up for that and <laughs> throw it his way. Yeah. That would be an awful reason to win. Well, I mean, yes, I think some of these are nominations is kind of that reason, but. <laughs> Maybe. You didn't, did you see if Bill Street could talk yet? Not yet, no. He's not but nominated it, for Best Director best no, director or Best Barry Picture. Jenkins, Yep, he got snubbed. Oh, I think he's man. one of the ones that got snubbed. Well, I didn't see the movie, so I don't know if he got snubbed. But I really liked what he did on Moonlight, so. Well, from what I've wa- like um, seen interview-wise of about Il- if Bill Street could talk, it's kind of similar to the layout or to like the style of oh, Moonlight. Maybe he didn't push himself enough. Yeah, because uh, apparently he wrote them at the same time, so. Okay. They're similar. You mean like structurally, mm-hmm. structure of the screenplay? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Bal- <laughs> the Ballad of Buster Shrugs got nominated for Adapted Screenplay. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Did you watch that one? No. That's that a Netflix one, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a Coen Brothers film, too. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, fairly yeah. humorous. But it's like six different stories of, of the West that kind of give you an overall picture of the West. It's like an anthology film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. 
and it's it's got a lot of comedy in there but i think it was the fifth the fifth story in particular was just kind of heavy it was a, it was an emotional pull and anytime a movie can make me you, laugh if you a like lot, that kind of thing you definitely need to watch wild tales it's a foreign film came out a few years ago it's fantastic is it an anthology it's well it's like four different stories so i guess yeah oh okay but it's they all deal with like the same kind of theme but it's definitely a movie that's up your alley of, of weird yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> of weird <laughs> like it's kind of killing of a sacred deer ish oh is it kind of dark like a dark oh, humor oh yeah Man, speaking of the house that Jack built, you didn't watch it yet. No, I didn't. Oh, dude, that was... Oh, it was dark, but hilarious. I don't know. That movie, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like I watched it, and I watched the R-rated cut that was released in North America, and it's not... It wasn't gratuitous? Mm-hmm. There were some strangulization scenes in there that were like hard to watch. Cause, I don't know, strangulization is such a personal way to murder someone that, to me, it's like hard to, to watch, Like, but it's not very graphic. Uh-huh. In, in the way that you would think things are graphic, like gore and stuff. So that uh-huh. stuff was heavy, but in terms of like the way it handled like animal abuse, the murdering of women, wim- women and children, and uh, 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 the way it dealt with the skinning of a victim to Ooh. make a leather wallet, which there's artistic statements there. You know, as as a as a vegan, like there's artistic statements there about uh, I think you know how okay, we treat 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 makes animals. Sense. Okay. And right, and it's it's odd stuff to think about, but the movie wasn't over, over gratuitous with it, and I thought it would be. I signed up for that. Uh-huh. You know, and there was so much anxiety that permeated me from the potential for it to be overly gratuitous that when it didn't deliver sort of that promise in the film itself. It's a very eerie feeling, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I gotta give respect to it for that. Yeah, I don't know. As, as far as adapted screenplay goes, I'm gonna go with either Black Klansman or If Bill Street Could Talk. And you didn't even see one of those? I didn't see If Bill Street Could Talk, but I haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me, but that movie looked good. I don't know. I liked Black Klansman a lot. I like Ballad of Buster Scruggs a lot. I imagine I like Bill Street, but. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to or not to. And I did like Star is Born, so three of those contenders, mm-hmm. I, I think they're all good choices. Yeah. Who do you think is going to get makeup and hairstyling? Do you think it'll go to Vice or Mary Queen of Scots? Lightning round. I'd say Mary Queen of Scots. I don't know. They took a while to get Christian Bale into Cheney, so. Yeah. Maybe Vice, but. There's a is lot that more considered, like. Is it considered makeup and hairstyling if he puts on a bunch of weight for the role? Does that go into that department? Um, I don't. I don't know. Because you know they didn't do too much. Like maybe they could have. Well, apparently it took like four hours a day. Yeah, but it could have taken like eight if he hadn't gained so much weight. You know what yeah, I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like he almost hindered them a bit. But I mean, Mary Queen of Scots is just overall a bigger. Mm-hmm. Which that movie I'm really surprised didn't get nominated for best picture or directing. Um, I haven't seen that one yet either, but. It just seemed to me to Off be... Off a trailer. Yeah. Well, it just... I mean, because, you know, you kind of count when movies come out. I mean, obviously, the ones that are going to be more of the contenders come out at the end of the year. It's just... Well, yeah. I just kind of figured... It so just, it was Oscar bait. Yeah. Because maybe it wasn't that good, and it just... Mm-hmm. It was bait. But I do feel like... My, like Again, I haven't seen the movie yet, but from the trailer-wise, just 
in the trailer, the transformation from Margot Robbie, she would have got nominated. Did she get nominated for anything? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's just not that good. Because the trailer, to me, yeah, looks like it, it should definitely be Oscar bait and Oscar worthy. But if it wasn't good, like if it wasn't I've, directed I mean, the well. the people that I've talked to that have seen it said it was good. Mm. I mean, th- most people don't have the as much of a knowledge about the stuff as we do. but Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, let's let's do one more and then let's like wrap this up because this has been a long Oh, I want to talk about some that got snubbed. Well, then talk about your snubs before okay. we wrap it up. I'm pretty aggravated about some of these that got snubbed. We are 45 minutes into our 30-minute podcast. Yeah, well, people will listen. So we already talked about a few of these, but like as far as the ones that I thought would have gotten nominated, like Timothy Chalamet, I think, I thought would have gotten nominated for Beautiful Boy because I thought that was a great performance. I mean, I just feel like that guy's incredible. A Quiet Place, I was kind of surprised by. A Quiet Place didn't get nominated for it. I'm not. Uh, Emily Blunt. Or, I mean, she had A Quiet Place and Mary Poppins, and I thought she would have got well, something. Mary Pop. no one cared about Mary Poppins. Uh, Boy Erased, which is the one that came out with, uh, what's his face? Lucas the, Hedges. Yeah, Did you watch that one? The director was um, Joel, is Joel. Uh, Joel Osteen from The Bachelor. No. <laughs> I think it's Joel. He's an actor, primarily. This was his first directing thing. Um, I don't know. Did uh, Did you watch that one? Not yet. Well, then how do you know if they get snubbed? You're just like these snubs off these films. Well, yeah, I, didn't watch. I mean, you don't just, even know if it's a good movie. You're just going off a trailer. No, I'm going off of things that other people have told me about. Oh, movies. please. Um, I said a Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born. Disobedience, which was a movie that came out the, more at the beginning of the year, was with uh, Rebel. Um, so like Nicole Kidman or Rachel something? McAdams and Rachel Weisz. I thought they they did good together in that, that movie. That one's acting on like wise. And Netflix right now, isn't it? I'm not sure. Or Amazon. I saw it in theaters. So I don't know. Pro- I think it's on. I think it's on Amazon. Okay, I was like, I've seen the I've seen the little like thumbnail for it, but I don't <clears> know where it was. I liked that. There, yeah, I liked that movie a lot. Okay. What's next? As far as documentary goes, so on here, documentary film uh, got that's got nominated was, as far as the ones that are on the list that I've seen, RBG is the one I've seen, which was good. Um, I kind of feel like it's going to be Free Solo, because that movie is about the guy, he like uh, free climbed. Oh, that's that guy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which, I mean, is incredible. So. Well... But you were pretty grumpy that... Uh, Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah. That he get nominated. Oh, my. Yeah. I've heard a lot of great things about I'm it. I'm pretty upset. Yeah. <laughs> so be so be everyone. Uh-huh. Well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this thing down there with, with a call to arms over Won't You Be That Neighbor. Won't You Be My Neighbor. Well, the other one that came up, well, I've, a couple people I've talked to, including you, was You Were Never Really Here. Oh, was that? That wouldn't have been 2018. I think it came out in the spring. Like the no. beginning of the year. No, it came out it came out in twenty seventeen. I don't know. It was released at like several festivals in twenty seventeen. I waited until Well some of these this... did get released in twenty seventeen festival season. Mm mm. No, all of these came out in twenty eighteen festival season, which would have been the summer. Like all like you can't I mean as far as I know, if you go to a festival, if you get a wider release after that, like it's kind of okay, but typically they go by the festival dates. But that was definitely 2017 because I think it was at South by Southwest early 2017, and then I didn't get my hands on it until uh-huh. like mid mid 2018. Well, it got brought up to me by a couple other people. Hmm. 
Another one that I saw that I thought was really good, that I thought would get something, was Sorry to Bother You. I thought that was... <clears throat> that would. I think that one should have been writing. Yeah. I think it's a smart... It's... The subject matter involved in that movie, the way that it, they portrayed it is kind of in a smart way. Yeah. That was the the phone 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 mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I didn't but it see the goes. Call center. It's way more than that. It becomes like about <laughs> prison reform and stuff, right? Yeah. See, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I don't even know what that like slope of of descent into political madness is. Yeah. Oh well. Well, let's shut it down for this week, and we'll be back next Anyways. week, hopefully, with a guest, right? Yeah. So, you want to put up our thoughts, our choices somewhere, and then if you you let us know what your uh, choices are for the Oscars. I mean, we can. I don't. I wouldn't respect my choices personally because I haven't seen so many of those films. Like, that's that's me. <laughs> like, I have no valid yeah. justification for who I think would win. Well, you let us know what you think. Word. All right. Cool. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to say before we sign off? Mm-mm. Did we? We didn't talk about no see, did we? We need to drop a huge word and shout out to our sponsor, <laughs> No See College of Art, for putting up with us for the last 50 minutes as we filmed this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. They are a local art college here in Nashville, Tennessee, and they help sponsor the show every week. Of course, both of us graduated from No mm-hmm. College of Art. So, um, yeah, they offer several degree programs, um, uh, videography, photography, graphic design, illustration, web design. And they just started a new master's program this year. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're interested in any of those visual degree programs, you can ch- check them out in the description at noseat.edu and get your learn on. Of course, we both vouch for them because this is where we yeah. came from and, and we're still <laughs> here, it seems. So yeah. obviously something worked out. Yep. So thank you so much, Nosey, yeah. for helping us keep the lights on. Thank you guys for watching and All right. listening or however you do. Yeah, what? and if you're interested <laughs> in anything with the ADZ Exchange, you could, of course... Type in the A to Z exchange everywhere, whether it's Patreon, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Twitter, and we're there. So check Maybe us out there. Maybe Snapchat coming soon. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the official A to Z exchange Snapchat. <laughs> all right. And that's all. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. Woo!